Are you going to do an intro song? Oh, let's pick an intro song. Um, actually, you won't be able to hear it, but we can pretend that there's an intro song right here. Hello, everybody. This is the second installment of Lowercase Podcast featuring possible co-host John. He'll just forever be possible co-host. <laughs> Thanks. While <laughs> really being the co-host. Okay. Um, we don't have any guest uh, guests lined up for today. Is it with an S at the end? Guests. Yeah. I, you, any guests? I, I honestly, I just say guests. Guests. We don't have any guests lined up for today? Yeah, because it just flows anyways, right? I feel like there's some grammatical errors in... We're artists. I listened to the last podcast, and I sound like I'm having aneurysms consistently throughout it. I was, I, I was actually flawless. I'm, you were... <laughs> I'm leaving uh, S's out and all that sort of stuff. That's a, that's a problem of mine. It's okay. It's our, it was our first one. Turn, turn things uh, into plurals or keep them singular. Anyways... Mm-hmm. What did we want to talk about today, John? Um, you know, I kind of just wanted to go into more of the family aspect of being in a band um, and touring, and mm-hmm. also maybe go into what it takes to write, you know, a particular song, especially with you guys, since you guys are a group of brothers, mm-hmm. um, and you guys, I'm not really familiar with how you guys write songs, um, so we could talk about that, and then just kind of go into like who's inspiring us, you know, now as far as musicians go or bands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I really think we could start with, you know, how do we balance, you know, how do artists, especially ones that are touring, balance being married, having a family, um, and being able to write music and tour? That's a great question for a band <laughs> who's touring. <laughs> I uh, have never toured before except for with Forerunner. And at mm-hmm. the time in Forerunner, you were you like thirteen. I so. was thirteen, uh, nowhere near a relationship. No, I was I was like what sixteen, I think. Mm-hmm. And you weren't in a relationship at the time. I, I don't think. During well, the I was. Touring. Yeah, I was married towards the end of it. That's oh. that's that's actually during touring. Yeah, during touring. Okay. So, yeah. so we. I mean, we we got married, and I actually we went on tour like pretty soon after that. Hmm. And I think for being newly married. It's especially difficult, you know, because you still haven't kind of, um, you don't really understand, you know, how it works to be married yet. Yeah. And then throwing and touring and, and it's almost like being in a long distance relationship. So, I mean, for me, if I, if I had to do it all over again, I would definitely make sure that I could bring my spouse with me, you yeah. know, and, and that's, that's hard, dude, because when you're touring, it's like, you're barely making enough to get to the next show. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to afford two people, you know, paying for two people and then your mortgage and then car payments and stuff. If you have car payments, like mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult. So it's just one of those things you need to either just step out on a limb and step out on faith and, and just do it if you feel led to do it and just try it. Um, but I mean, gosh, I would, I would have to say you have to have some kind of foundation built first, you know? Yeah, because, like, a lot of the bands I enjoy, I know the lead singers are married and the, you know, the guitarists and whatnot. They're, well, practically everybody in the band. I don't know why I single out the singers and the guitarists. <laughs> Drummers and bassists, no, they never get married. Yeah. Um, that, that would be a good question. And if there's somebody out there who we know that is currently touring... Mm-hmm. 
Uh, how do you balance that? How do you handle that, like I mean, with bills and whatnot? I mean, I, I don't. And, and if if there's somebody super famous watching us, like Bono, if you're watching us, <laughs> I don't really care because I know you make enough money to do that. Like, so I, yeah, just take. Their I was watching like yeah, I was watching like um like behind the scenes footage of like Pod. You yeah. know, and Sonny takes his kid and his and his wife, and then his his son is homeschooled on the tour. Yeah, which is like super rad. You know, mm-hmm. but but they make enough to do that. Yeah, you know, when when I was touring, it's like you make. 50 bucks a night, if that, yeah, you know, and that's, that's the entire band, you know, mm-hmm. like, and we don't split it cause you need that for gas to mm-hmm. get to the next show. So it's like how do bands, uh, if there's somebody that's watching, that's an underground band that is married, I want to know how you provide being an underground band. I think it's, I think it's not how do you, but rather making the time to do it. Cause yeah. I don't think, I don't think you can can say okay i'm gonna go on tour for a week and not have provisions already set up i think you just need to grind really hard the previous months and then make sure you have that time so it's like the vacation it's like okay i've saved up enough to do this because we're supporting that we're supporting that passion of ours yeah it's it's not necessarily a job for for me, creating music for lowercase committee is a passion. It's not a job. I hope that the investment I put into it turns into monetary income, but it might nev- never do that. Well, now, I mean, but what you're talking about is more so, okay, like you're going to work a day job, right? Yeah. And then you're going to go on tour for a week or two, if yeah. that. Um, I mean, I'm talking about like the bands that are like you know, out for months at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how, how, how does that, how do they do that? You know, like how, how do they make that work? I have no idea. I mean, I'd, I'd like the, to, the way I think it would happen for, for me is Elizabeth and I, my wife and I would need to set up some way for us to have enough money. <clears throat> um, and right now I'm trying to build up my business, which yeah. is in music, but it's teaching. So it's a bit easier to monetize teaching than it is to monetize, hey, I play guitar, listen to me, yeah. and give me money for <laughs> entertaining you for <laughs> two minutes. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's really difficult. But uh, you need to figure out a way to monetize it, so I do that through teaching. Yeah. I mean, if, if anybody listening knows somebody that is a full-time musician that plays tours, you know, that tours 250 days, you know, a year, I don't think anybody can do that unless they're making enough money uh, you think, yeah, unless unless it's like okay, you know, you're gonna one of you is gonna stay home and and you know work full time while the other one's out doing the music. I mean, yeah. I, I know people like that, but for me, like, I, I wouldn't be able to make my marriage work if mm. my wife wasn't with me. You know, and you and I kind of have this mentality as you know being men that we're supposed to like you know like we are Provide. providers. You know. Yeah. Um, while right now <laughs> I know my wife makes more money than me when she does work because <laughs> she's a, she's a nurse and she's super smart and really a very capable woman. Um, but no, she's, and I'm being serious. She, she got through nursing school, which a lot of people don't get through nursing school and it, and it's difficult. And now she makes, she has her investment on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to bring myself to say you stay at home and work while I go do this because that that feel childish. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's 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 kind of how I feel. It's like the 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 men. I mean, 
I know we're probably getting in trouble for saying this, but the men are the providers, like we said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's we need to be providing for our wives, and that's tough. Yeah, when when you have to tour or mm-hmm. when you feel led to tour, you know. And this brings me to something else I've been thinking about. Is I listened to this uh, Canadian professor Jordan B. Peterson on YouTube. He's got a lot of really cool stuff. He talks about how it's stupid for everybody to say that, or for people to say that everyone is creative. He says he always hears this term, which it sounds nice. Everybody's creative in their own <laughs> way. Okay. Everybody, everybody can can be creative in their own in their own manner. But the truth is, is not everybody is creative. And being creative sometimes and a lot of times isn't a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse is what he said. And the reason he said it is because if you're creative and you're passionate, you're a passionate creative person, mm-hmm. you're going to be driven so hard to capitalize on your creativity, to make your art. But monetizing something that is creative is extremely difficult. Yeah. So... Uh, somebody who is a plumber, they're they're needed. Of course, their ability is monetized because everybody needs a plumber. Not everybody needs to listen to Take's new demo. Not everybody needs to listen to lowercase committee. We have to say, look, this this is valuable. Yeah, we have to, we have to be as as the band or the artist. You have to really explain to people why they need to listen to it rather than, you know, people aren't searching for us, you yeah. know, not necessarily. There are some people who might, but for the masses, they're not searching for us. We have to go out there and put our music in front of them. Whereas like you said, a plumber, somebody's going to be having a problem. They're going to be looking up a plumber and searching for them. Yeah. Now you mentioned, you mentioned creativity. And so that's one of the one things I wanted to ask too about lowercase committee is, you know, you have you, Austin and Brady, who are all brothers, and then Joey, who's a close friend of yours. And for my bands, you know, it was always the guitar player, you know, would write something and then mm-hmm. bring it to the rest of the band. And we just add whatever. Yeah. How do you guys come up with each song? Because I know you guys write, you know, I know you guys write separately and differently sometimes. And then you, do you bring it all together? Um, it, it's different every time, kind of. Uh, and, and it happens in a different manner. So for... Our song right now under lowercase committee, because we have some songs under our previous name, Three Chord, that we're going to be transferring over. But for I Don't Know, the one that I wrote uh, on our new demo, um, I had written, I think, pretty much all of that. Um, And then I brought it to the band, and then Austin took the chorus uh, cause he didn't really like the way it flowed and he changed the chords on it, mm-hmm. but pretty much left the vocal melody what do it you, was. Do you have a problem when, when he changes something? Cause mm-hmm. I, I know for me, when I have something in my head, I'm kind of disappointed when somebody says they don't like it or they want it changed. I almost see it as a relief sometimes. Okay. Cause I bring this kind of, not, it's not really formless because I formed it. I've yeah. written, I, I write, when I write a song, I generally write the leads. I write the guitar. Um, I write the keys and the vocal melody and the drum beat a lot of the time. Okay. But what happens when I give it to every, to give it to the band is they have their own input on it. They change it to what they want it to be or to what they interpret the song as. Yeah. So when I showed it to Austin, he said, you know what, that chorus really doesn't hold me. And I'm, I'm thinking, great. 
so the value of the song isn't resting on my shoulders. <laughs> okay. I don't want I the yeah. I don't want all the value of the song resting on my shoulders if it does terrible or if it just doesn't sound good. <laughs> Nobody likes it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll point at you. <laughs> um, but then also at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, I really want the song that I wrote to sound good. Yeah. Which is is selfish of me because even though like right now I think Brady's song I know is more marketable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know yeah. why, but I just feel like it's more marketable. Okay. Um, and I push that song. I'm the one who's kind of really mainly behind the social media in our band. So I've been putting that one on different sites, sending it to different playlist curators and all this stuff. And when Brady wrote that song, he had pretty much had the whole song written. But he came and then we completely changed it. It used to be acoustic guitar. We were really? thinking about doing electric guitars. But we were the mindset the band was in was no let's go all synth okay and right now the song opens up with this kind of swell of this synth sound um and we tried to throw some of those vibes in it from the bands we like like Hyam and uh uh kings of leon and uh i'm drawing a blank but we we have we have a lot of uh, bands that we aspire to not sound like but rather uh garner inspiration from yeah do you guys ever I mean, do you guys ever get at each other's throats? Like, does it ever come to, like, blows or anything like that with, you know, somebody saying, well, that just, I hate that, and you're so attached to something, you know? <laughs> um, we get, I'm sorry, I was just I was just making sure your mic was working, it's working. Um, we get in little tiffs, like, here and there about directions and things. Like, Joey, our drummer, Joey, uh, if you've made it this far listening, thank you. Because you're in the band and you should be listening to Yeah, this. for real. <laughs> We're going to have you on. Um, Joey is kind of comes from a metal core kind of drumming background, yeah. um, hardcore. And he doesn't like the pop bent that we've kind of been on mm-hmm. uh, lately. So when, when it comes to I don't know and I know, he really, he really <laughs> likes, uh, or I don't know if really likes, but he can handle I don't know. Uh-huh. But when it comes to I know he he did not I could see that. jive yeah. with it. He was not grooving with that song, and he made he made it known, and it was okay. I mean, we're fine with that pushback because it's that pushback from Joey and also the pushback from myself and from Austin and from Brady that creates, I think, a unique sound. Yeah, I so, think because I think you guys are essentially sharpening each other. You yeah. know, you guys are challenging each other to. Write mm-hmm. differently. Your guys are challenging each other to go in different directions, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's really cool to watch. And and one thing I have noticed about Joey is that when it comes to your guys' style of music, like, he actually has, like, like halftime, you know, like, almost like breakdown symbols sometimes. Yeah. And it's and it's funny because it sounds good, mm-hmm. but I just don't – you don't really hear that as much in your guys' genre, you know, where mm-hmm. he's, like, going – yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I see what he's trying to do there because he's, mm-hmm. you know, just got done listening to like um, August Burns Red or something. And now he's practicing with uh, Lowercase Committee. Yeah. You know, so it's it's cool to see all of you guys' um, influences coming together. And I know working with Austin myself, um, it, it was it was difficult because he is very, you know, he's very, he knows what he wants. He's very, you know, he's very by the book as well. Whereas I think you and I try to push the limits mm-hmm. of like musical, uh, you know, outside of the boxness or what if that's a word, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I remember, you know, in 
but looking back, like he, he taught me a lot and it mm. was such a good experience to be, you know, kind of pushed and pulled in a different direction than what I'm normally, you know, used to. Yeah. So do you, do you, do you find that like, I mean, do you guys, you guys push each other outside of the box and. No, we, we definitely do. Um, like I didn't even really know who Kings of Leon were before Austin told me I've, I'm obsessed with these people. And for those of you who don't know, they're an indie rock band, yeah. uh, pretty, pretty popular. Um, and now I love them and I think they've influenced a lot of the music I write now. Okay. Um, and the new song, Austin just showed us a new song this last practice that I think sounds amazing, sounds really good. And it's a really different flavor, I think, from the rest of the stuff we've written before. These really percussive lyrics, kind of, you know, sharp staccato lyrics that we haven't done before. And I was hoping he'd let me sing it because Austin doesn't sing on the album, uh, on any of our songs. He's just a backup singer. Why doesn't he? Uh, he doesn't, I don't think he likes his voice. I, I just don't think he doesn't want to be a singer. Hmm. I mean, he, he wants to be, he, he wants to be the lead guitarist. Not, I, I mean, that makes sense. But Austin, if you're listening, you have a pretty good voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> Elizabeth was telling me the other day when we were listening to our, uh, Coldplay cover, she, she really liked her Coldplay cover and she's been listening to it and she mm. said, Austin has such a good voice. I don't know why he doesn't yeah. sing on it. So she wants me to try to convince Austin to start singing on yeah, songs. If, I mean, if, if you want to hear Austin a lot, then you could pull up, you know, like uh, the band he was in before, The Forerunner, mm-hmm. and he sings on various songs through there and he actually really lets it go sometimes, yeah. you know? So I'm kind of like, ah, he should, he should do that in, mm, in lowercase. Uh, not, not that you and Brady aren't good singers, but it's a cool, you know, um, experience hearing three different voices. Yeah. No, for sure. I agree with you, and I I think it would be a cool dynamic to have all three of us singing, because I think in Haim, the, the band that Austin likes a lot, I think all three sisters sing in that, because that's okay. a band of three sisters. Oh, wow. Um, And really like Do them. they have a best friend drummer? I don't know if they have a best friend drummer. <laughs> but I just I just recognize that, uh, that uh, similarity there. But uh, yeah, so it does push us to write different sounding songs. And at the same time, I am so eclectic when it comes to my genres that I write in. And you know this, like like, I could write a song that is comfortably categorized as indie rock. Yeah. And then something else completely different. Mm -hmm. And that's not like patting myself on the back. But in some cases, I'm almost afraid that it's going to... Um, make my my abilities too broad to be good in anything. Like a jack of all trades. Have you heard that? Yeah. So I I don't want to be a jack of all trades, but I want to be able to uh, really uh, be you know the the king of one. Like to to really hone my my abilities in one. Uh, so with the band, I'll work on a song really hard. Like recently, I worked on a song really hard. Um, and I, I really liked the intro and the chorus. I got pretty much the first verse, the chorus and the second verse all okay. done. And then I showed it to the band and Austin's like, oh, I just, I just don't like it. <laughs> and <laughs> John laughs cause he knows that's, you know, kind of Austin. Well, I, and I know that, yeah, you know that feeling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, and Austin, he's not, he's not a, he's not a stickler, but he, he really knows what he wants the band to sound like. Yes. And he knows what he wants to be playing. Yeah. And we, or, or myself, I just want to play music and I'll write whatever it is I feel like writing. Yeah. So that song now is probably going to re- be just be released under my name. Um, and the next song I write, hopefully the band will accept. 
Uh, and it's no, it's no, you know, like skin you, off my back. Now, do you, do you have? I mean, there's only four of you guys in the band. So, is there like a voting process? Like, do you have to have three fourths of the vote in order? Like, so say Austin doesn't really like it, but the other two do. Will you guys override Austin, him? It was funny. It was almost like we had like a hearing going on in here because Brady listened to it and he's like, "Yeah, I really liked it. Let me put some bass down." And Joey was, Joey was indifferent as he is many times when okay. it comes to what we're doing. <laughs> uh, and I love Joey, and he's he's very crucial to the band. But sometimes he just he he he's just chill. He you know that's honestly it's just most drummers, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I really wanted it, and then Brady I think really wanted it, and then Austin didn't really want it, and then Austin made his case as to why he didn't really want it, and Brady was like, "Oh yeah, that uh, kind of makes some sense there." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Dang it." Uh. Um, Way to be smart, yeah. Yeah, so so basically that song, I, I forget what it was called even, um, but now i got to work on it myself and just release it yeah. when I have that extra free time because the yeah. band's already free time, and then in that free free time, when, I get to make my own music. In the free time that you're supposed to be mixing our stuff. Yes, that's, that's not yeah. free time though. I consider that work because <laughs> I, I am getting I paid for that. I know, I know. Um, but ha- so, so you said that you had started, when did you start playing music? I started playing piano when I was 10 years old. When you're 10. Now, who got you into playing piano? My next door neighbor, huh. Melissa. So okay. I had piano lessons, I think, when I was five, but I remember nothing about that. Okay. Like nothing about it, except for that the son of the teacher had a little shed in the backyard where he played N64. And when you weren't playing piano, you got to go hang out with him and play N64 now that's in cool, the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I remembered from not playing <laughs> piano. Um. But then when I turned 10, and kind of my, even my whole childhood, I knew I wanted to be in a creative atmosphere okay. with what I did. I, I wanted to be a painter like my older brother Donovan, and for those of you who don't know my family, my older brother Donovan Fitzgerald is like a famous muralist, famous painter He's fantastic. in Las Vegas. Like He does stuff for like really rich people in the, in Las Vegas and I know that's kind he of a paints, stupid claim paints, to fame. He paints on their ceilings, he paints like but yeah, on like canvas, Sistine it's crazy. Chapel yeah. stuff on uh Steve Aoki. I think mm-hmm. he's that super famous DJ. Yeah. Um and the the fact of it is is that if a super famous person has you come do stuff in their house, it kind of not it's not just a claim to fame, but it's also a claim to your reputation as a viable artist. Oh, for sure. Because Steve Aoki's not going to have some schmuck off the side of the street come in and paint his ceilings. It's going to be the person he knows can do the job. So he he kind of inspired you to... He Yeah, I was like, wow, I really want to do art like that. So I told I was telling my mom, like, I remember being five years old and saying, I want to get my, my art lessons. I want to get my art lessons. I never got art lessons. But to this day, I still love drawing yeah. and, and whatnot. You, you, draw, you draw pretty good. I mean, there's some stuff that you do that, that, is, that is pretty cool. So you could see it you know, kind of flowing down you know, from Donovan to you. I mean, you're not on uh-huh. Donovan's level, but you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> no one is. But, but it is cool to see that aspect well, of you, too. You. Yeah, and, and I think that was just kind of the artistic part of my mind wanting to do that. And then I was sure I was going to be a drummer. I don't know why. But I decided when I sometime between you know seven and nine years old, I'm gonna be a drummer. Huh. I just knew someday I'm gonna get my drums. I'm gonna be a drummer. I'd ask for a drum pad. I got a drum pad one time, or no, I got a, I got for Christmas a drums a drum pad stand. Okay. Um, but it wouldn't fit the drum pad that I bought. Huh. So, it it didn't really work. Um, it just you just didn't stick with you once that didn't. It, I didn't get the actual drum pad. Oh, you never they got the drum? They bought me the stand. For, someone bought me the stand for Christmas, but didn't buy me the pad. Oh. So I bought a pad later on oh, okay. myself. 
and it didn't even fit. So I, I don't know what it was. What, you know, so Providence somebody, just not allowing me to... They got you a stand <laughs> and no pad? I don't know what happened. That's interesting. Um, but I still have the stand somewhere. That's like here. buying like a guitar strap. <laughs> exactly. You know? that's, what, that's, that's what it felt like. Um, but then one day hanging out with my, with my neighbors, Chase and Melissa. Um, Melissa was playing piano and she, she can read music like reading a book. Okay. Which not a lot of people can do. She's she's insanely smart in that that she can just sit down and play these songs and she would always I think she'd play this song for like Naruto or something yeah so that was a big thing back then and I was just mesmerized and it I I had a couple instances in my life where music has just mes- completely mesmerized me uh, one time was on the way home from camping when I was about eight years old I think um, and my older brother Austin our now lead guitarist let me listen to his CD player. And I put on the headphones, and it was like a religious experience. <laughs> do you know? It do you was, remember who it was? Um, Gone by Switchfoot. Interesting. Okay. Gone by Switchfoot, and then there was some. Uh, what was it called? Some forty one, I think. He had some some forty one <laughs> okay. stuff. Um, but Gone really from Switchfoot really just blew my mind at all the sounds that were coming through these headphones, so- and you don't recognize stereo. Uh, audio tracks until you hear them mm-hmm. in headphones. Yeah, so that's the first time that you would ever put on... Like, like, ever really put on headphones and legitimately listen to music. Okay. And it blew my stinking mind. <laughs> and for the rest of my life, I think that moment was ingrained in mm-hmm. in me. Like, that is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of had another one of those experiences, just complete mes- like being completely mesmerized when I heard our next door neighbor, Melissa, playing the piano. That's cool. And then that day, she taught me how to play Jingle Bells. She taught me uh, how, how to play the chords for Jingle Bells and uh, the notes. And I went home and I played Jingle Bells for hours. And I reverse engineered the four chords or three chords or whatever that are in Jingle Bells. You know, you just got like these, the triad chords, just like three notes Uh in a shape. And you can basically kind of fumble around if you have a good ear and figure out what three shapes for each key work. Yeah. And I figured it out and I started writing songs. At 10? Yeah. Wow. And then I started writing songs and Chris, your former coworker, Mm -hmm. uh, heard me playing uh, outside my parents' office one day and said... I think you should get him some lessons. Or he said he said something like, how long has he been getting lessons? And then my mom said, he hasn't had any lessons. And then they recognized, oh, crap, we better, <laughs> we better get him a teacher. That's really cool. Yeah. So how long did – now, Now, when you, once you started going to lessons, they teach you how to read music right there. Or, or do they start introducing you to that right yeah. away? Or? Yeah, so my teacher came, and he was, he was pretty surprised at the stuff I was doing already and, like, how I had figured out chords. So for the first few lessons, it was just teaching me – what I already knew, just the names of it. Yeah. So I had to learn the language of it because I, you know, I, I knew what it, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know the the names of what was happening. Yeah. So yeah, he taught me how to read music, and I I had that piano teacher for eight years, um, about eight years, mm-hmm. uh, and it was awesome. Yeah, I remember. I remember that's the guy that used to come over here, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember towards the end, I was like watching you, and I was like, he's better than him now. <laughs> Sorry, 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 music teacher. If you're listening, Keenan's better than you know. Yeah, there's, there's no way. He's an amazing, amazing pianist. But I am even flattered at the statement. So now, what, what did you take it to the next level after that? So once you started taking lessons, then you could figure out that okay, I can write my own music. 
When did um, that come about? Well, writing my own music started before I had the lessons. So it was with just the, jingle the creativity bells. of it. Yeah, she taught me jingle bells, and I just like I could I could play you one of the first songs I wrote right now. Um, oh, whoops! What did I just do? Are you recording it? It just did a lot of stuff on here. So that's what that does. It affects everything when I turn on my keyboard. That's not good. <laughs> it won't stop recording us, though. That's fine. Um, so anyways, I wrote, like, uh, I would play this song all the time and just... play that for hours and I thought it was the coolest thing when in all reality it's a it's a little riff with some chords on the bottom do you think that most kids though when they start I mean for, for me it's like okay I would play if you showed me how to play a piano I would play those songs that you showed me and I wouldn't really go outside of the box just because I wouldn't yeah. know where to go but it seems like as soon as you got shown notes you were immediately just like okay I'm gonna do crazy stuff with this you know um it was it was like like figuring out the puzzle it was like, yeah. what makes this work? And once you figure out that that shape works on another key, it's just like instant dopamine. I got to figure this out 100%. Yeah. And also the fact that I was making something that wasn't made before. Mm -hmm. to, to make something that hasn't been made before is a huge driving factor behind my creativity. Yeah. To say, look at this picture. I drew this. No one's drawn this before. It's completely from me. Or this song, it's co it's completely out of my head, you know, and I think that's kind of been a huge force behind it, and so that I could just sit down, figure out this language of music, and write something that other people around me identified as art, mm -hmm. what and and said that's pretty cool. I can't do that because the thing is with drawing, a lot of people can do what I do, and there's people I know who can do it way way better than I can do it. Yeah, but with music, there was just this. I had a knack for it. And I could make something that was on par with the people who are good, who are okay at it, who are good at it. And I'll, I'll say that now because it's my job. Who yeah. are good at it, um, and that really kind of is what solidified my passion for it. So then, the next and probably final question for you, and I might dive into it as well because I love this conversation mm -hmm. is. Not the okay. So the first question I want you to answer is is not what band inspires you, but who is the first like CD or whatever you had when you were growing up. Like what what was the first band that you actually had like that you bought and listened to? I had to convince my mother to let me buy Switchfoot's Beautiful Letdown. Okay. So, um, my family has religious you know religious values, mm -hmm. uh, as as do I and yourself. So, but growing up as a kid. Your your parents are very protective sometimes, yeah. so yes. it's like, oh, yeah. can you listen to Switchfoot? It's like, mom, Switchfoot's a Christian band. <laughs> she doesn't know that, so my nine year old self went on, you know, like, like I became my own defendant, and I said, I said, so they're this and they're that, and this song means this and that song means that. So I came with a litany of facts and proof for their moral values, and I said, can I please have this album? Um, I really, I really want it and I got it and listened to it for a very long time. I had a little, little Walkman and yes, I started listening to music before it was all MP3 players. Um, and then Austin bought me a Pillar album. Okay. And I, I really dug that. I had some, 
darker songs on it than their other albums did. So I, I really enjoyed it. Well, so so did your did your mom or dad had they had ever listened to Switchfoot before you brought that to them or no no because I know no. I know you know they're not like the the epitome of heavy but they do have some heavier songs you know so. I they're could rock. See, they're, they're, yeah, they're so I could rock. I could see like your mom being like, "Oh golly, like this is crazy music, <laughs> yeah. you know." Like, but but yeah. you know that's not even scratching now, the surface yeah. of crazy. Now music, having but. her kids in a rock band, though, yeah, she knows that just because you play a distorted guitar, mm-hmm. guitar with distortion on it, does not mean that you're worshiping Satan. Yeah, <laughs> which is something that you've run across as well playing metal music. <laughs> undoubtedly you're going to get half of the population saying uh yes. what's with you devil worshipers yes you know? especially with 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 the forerunner because we we played pretty heavy music you know and so a lot of you know religious people would be like well this can't be you know how can this have religious connotations attached to it that's yeah. not possible with yeah. you know with this you know with this style of music and yeah. i had to actually we had to convince our other guitar players parents you know uh-huh. that that we weren't just out there worshiping Satan, yeah. you know, the whole time. We had to tell her, you know, and let her yeah. to see the lyrics and stuff. But um, so was that one of, was Switchfoot like the band that got you into, like excited about playing yeah. music and wanting to learn? Um, I, I don't know if it was a band that got me excited, but they, they, they cultivated a love for music. Uh-huh. Like, I think it was playing that got me excited. Okay. Because I didn't listen to a lot of music. The only band I listened to was Switchfoot. Uh, the I listened to the song Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Okay. I listened to Pillar. Um, I listened to uh, Rocket Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I I think those really kind of encapsulate all of what I listened to when I started playing music. Okay. Um, but yeah, what what about you? What was one of the bands or albums that really got you into? Listening well, my playing? first <laughs> for anybody who's old like I am. Um. The first album, actually the first, the first thing I ever bought was at Best Buy, and it was on cassette tape by Green Day, um, the album Dookie, which is the cover is a bunch of it's a bunch of monkeys throwing poop all over the city. I think <laughs> yeah, that goes hand in hand with the the title. Um, but I, I mean that blew me away because it's just you know straight punk rock, and they're just well that was when they were punk rock, and they yeah. were they were good. Sorry, new Green Day fans, but <laughs> they kind of suck now. Um, and of course, like Rage Against the Machine, um, just the pure energy. I remember going into the CD store, and of course, that was right when they were having. You probably don't remember they were having this huge battle between um, parents and the artist mm-hmm. about putting that little parental, parental advisory, advisory yeah. sticker on, or you know, or sticker or whatever on yeah. the on the CD case. And artists were like, "No, this is our right. We can do whatever." I mean, eventually they lost, and they had to put it on there. Yeah. You know, if it had a certain amount of curse words or whatever. So I remember going into the CD store and I was like 12 and I had one of those on it. And the guy's like, hey, man, are you allowed to be listening to this? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, my parents are cool, whatever, you know. And he's like, okay, bro, here you go, you know. And so I brought that home, the first Rage Against the Machine album, and it is just, it's mind-blowing. Like, especially, because I listened to Green Day and I liked Green Day and stuff, but stepping it up to like even heavier rock, you know, mixed with, you know, the, the rap that they do. And it was mind-blowing. And, and the only other time... 
I can remember just being blown away. I was jumping on the trampoline at a friend's house and he was playing like, he's playing Sugar by System of a Down and they have like kind of like a ska kind of part to it. And I'd never heard anything like that. And he's like, bam, 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 you know, and you're mm-hmm. like, what is this? You know, yeah. like it's insane. It's mind blowing, you know, it's, it's incredible. And so I remember I had to go out and buy that album as well. But uh, for me, it was, it was always Rage Against the Machine, you know, and, and, and we cover a Rage Against the Machine yeah. song on our on our next EP. So yeah. I like that that's prevalent in even your style now because it, it kind of shows that what inspired you from the beginning carries inspiration to now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and for me, I don't know if I can say the same for, you know, Gone by Switchfoot. But there's, um, gosh, uh, I don't know. I forgot the name of our song. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I was listening to a lot of Switchfoot's new song, um, Float, Yeah, which is, I think, their best song off of their new album. Um, so if you haven't heard that song, go check it out. And then if you haven't heard Lowercase Committee's song, check it go out. check that out. Because, I, I mean, I know we're wrapping up, but I know the end of I Don't Know, to me, I pulled out Arcade Fire, mm-hmm. which I know what you listened to you know, quite a bit back in the yeah. day. And I don't know if that was even on your mind when you wrote that part. Did you um, even think about that? Because the first what, time I heard it, I was like, part? it sounds, um, when it picks up at the end. Oh, um, it wasn't Arcade Fire. It was actually our oldest brother's band, Anthony's band. My oldest brother, okay. Anthony, was in a pretty successful local indie indie, indie rock band called, called The Schooners. Uh, you can't really find their music anywhere right now, mm-hmm. but I have a CD um, that I listen to every once in a while, and I've digitized the files by now. Um and we, the band, we were thinking, let's write, let's write something that's like, you know, really has that Schooners vibe. So we're sorry, Schooners, if we ripped you off, but we think we really captured what they sounded <laughs> that's like. That's cool. Um, and I want to have Anthony and his, uh, the guitarist of Schoon- the Schooners on. Yeah. Um, Anthony and Ian. I think that'd be really cool because they're, they were heavily entrenched in the mm-hmm. music scene in Las Vegas. And... Ian right now is in a band called the Rusty Maples and they are pretty much playing, you know, yeah. all the bars downtown and whatnot. And I really like their music. I have it on my phone and everything. Yeah. Well, maybe, um, uh, we forgot to say this last time, but if you have any, if you have any questions or any topics that you want us to dive into, um, then let us know and you can, um, message lowercase committee yeah. at, at lowercase committee. What do you, what do you mean? Well, is it like facebook.com slash lowercase? Oh yeah, it'll be facebook.com forward slash, uh, lowercase committee. Lowercase in our URLs though is all uppercase. It's kind of the, 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 uh, irony of, of the name is we make lowercase (laughs) capital and everything. Yeah. Lowercase capital and then committees lowercase. So message, message them, or you can message us at facebook.com slash take Vegas. But if you have any questions, you can just comment below on the link on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then we can answer those. Yeah. And also if you're somebody who's in the music scene, somebody uh, in Vegas or nearby and would love to be on the podcast, Mm -hmm. message us and uh, maybe we can put something together. Yeah. So outro song. Outro. Peace out.